Oh shit, let's go. And I got sound effects for y'all. Hey, go. Hey, how do I get sturdy? Hold on. Hold on. Hey. <laughs> I'll be trying. Wait. Hey. Hey. Fuck the this on my act the fuck up. Everything that I ain't tapping. This is my song of the week. This is like K-Flock PSA. Listen, man, if I was only like 120 and I could twirl and gyrate like these young motherfuckers, they be dancing like a termite in heat. I look like I'm salsa dancing. I don't know what's going on. And I'm Oh, this joint is fire. This joint is fire. This joint is fire. Thank you. Thank you, people. First and foremost, I want to say uh, welcome to episode 61 of Off the Record Podcast. Yes, I am producing this from my goddamn basement. All right. I got a whole big bar area. Okay, they used to have a pool table here. Move that junk. Put a little poker table here. You see the Spotify logo. You see all this shit right here, man. I'm cooling out. We're probably going to be doing this for cer- certain episodes. I'm still trying to find the right look, the right feel for my solo episodes. I want to interact with assets. I want to be able to do things myself. And this is kind of because I'm coming from a streaming background. So, like, I'm used to working with, you know, a lot of production, i.e. Um, off the record, i.e. on the sticks. However, when it comes to intimate personal monologues, I like to be able to control the majority of things myself. So let me know how you guys feel about this whole background. I might have to change a few things because I don't know about all them branded in the background. Spotify might not like that. But um, uh, anyway, I do want to start this whole episode out by um, just kind of giving credit to uh, Kanye West, man. Yo, uh, I watched the Kanye West um, genius Netflix documentary and... You know, for all the shenanigans that Kanye West does, we actually forget how much really of a genius he is. And I'm going to tell you why. Kanye West recently just announced Donda 2 is going to be dropping. And Kanye West is probably the only person. By the way, we say this with the art of music. For example, I compared him to Drake a lot. And I said, well, Drake Drake is kind of making safe music. He knows he could rap. He knows he could sing. And he pretty much makes kind of about the same type of formulaic Drake type of stuff that we're going to like for like for better or for worse. Right. Kanye is probably the only musician that every album about he he goes left, takes a chance. He's advancing his career now that he's you don't even give a fuck about sales anymore. And we could have told that years ago when, you know, he decided to drop on whatever day he wanted to drop instead of the regular days. He would be like, yo, the album's not finished, even though it's out. He'd be like, I'm adding something tomorrow. Kanye West is very unorthodox. And I do think his success, but it's not only success, it's his genius. I do think his ego plays a part into that. In him realizing that not because he's at the top or one of the biggest artists in the game, he shouldn't be scared of failure. I think a lot of artists who get to that top, they're scared of failure. You don't want to fall off. You don't want to not be that guy. 
By the way, it's been a lot of times people have thought, damn, Kanye lost it. I think by now we realize, yo, sometimes it's a hit or miss. But you can't really knock him for shooting. You know, I was watching this documentary. And before I get into more of the Donda stuff, I'm watching this documentary. And let me see if this works. Because this is exactly how I wanted to like do this whole thing, right? Where I could pull stuff up on screen. Um, where we go with this? Bingo! Oh, here we go. We're going we're to get to Pop smoking a little bit later. But I was watching this documentary with Kanye. And essentially... You know, it shows a scene where he's walking around the Def Jam, um, like, you know, office. And he's, like, playing all falls down for, like, everybody, right? And if you watch this thing, and I posted this to my Instagram. If you watch this, you just see how, you know, just people who were comfortable in their desk jobs, who probably were used to a different sound of music, who probably, you know, at that time, Def Jam, Jay's just a huge artist. They're used to people rapping about, you know, drugs, this, drugs, that. Like, it's a different type of music that Kanye brought in. And when Kanye played it, they were so stuck in their ways, it didn't even, it didn't even register a note. Like, everybody just looked at him like, oh, my God, here this annoying nigga comes. So that's one of the things I got to give Kanye credit for. And, and, and I'll kind of I'll play it um, in the background when, when he... Um, Starts cutting on the music And you see him bopping He's feeling the junk Look right He's feeling it Right You hear those beautiful vocals And then this person's like Man I'm just trying to fit, Fill out this Excel sheet man Could you get the fuck Out of my office Look Yeah Uh Yeah And I think this is the entire point of like, you know, why he's a genius. He never goes with the flow. He never needs the public to be on his side for him to do something that's provocative or different. And I think this all leads to where we're at now with music. You know, he's about to release. uh, And by the way, this is the funniest part right here. Like mid music, some people walk into the office or something like that. And they kind of like just ignore the shit out of him. Like, all right, get, get the fuck out of here, man. Like, yo. Or, or actually, I don't know what the fuck happened, but pretty much everyone's just like, yo, get this weirdo out of here. You feel me? Anyway, the whole point is this. For as much as we adore so many of these artists, whether it's Drake, The Weeknd, Ed Sheeran, Post Malone, and I'm talking about these huge A-list stars, Bieber, none of them actually own and control their music. Now, from what I know is that, you know, I'm not saying most of them are in these like rookie slave contracts. They have pretty lucrative deals. Like for what I've heard about Drake's deal, Drake owns his masters partially, but he took a big bag to basically still be on Republic. But I, from what I hear, he owns half of it. That's why he puts out like when you see him drop, you'll see OVO slash Republic which means like, you know, the half that he owns is being put out by his label or pretty much like he, he pretty much puts his imprint on it as well. You know what I mean? Again, he owns part of his match. That's what I've heard, okay? Now, his back catalog, who knows? Now, it's the same with Kanye. Remember when Kanye was putting up the entire, his entire record contract on um, display? And that's when he got, he fell out with Big Sean. Let me get this off the screen, though. This was when people realized, at least with Kanye, that Kanye 
was trying to buy back his old catalog, but he was in a very interesting place. And from what I've heard, Kanye controls, and I don't know if it means if he owns, it seems like he does because he's making a decision like he does. He owns his masters going forward. So going forward, Kanye West owns his masters. Now, you know, this all going to tie back into like even the whole Joe Rogan Spotify thing. And I know we're broadcasting here on Spotify. But, but this is the, the power of ownership. And this is also a move that you have to be brave. You have to be pretty much ahead of the curve. It takes some balls to do. And you kind of got to be a genius for better or for worse to get this done. Kanye West has opted to not put his new album on any streaming service. Now, let me go back to the whole Joe Rogan like Spotify thing, right? First and foremost, all those artists that was like, yo, we're going to take our music off, okay? A bunch of those artists didn't own their catalog. Now, here, now let me, let me clarify, right? Having the rights to put your music somewhere, like music rights, it, it, it's, it's, it varies, right? So you'll have, and I heard people say with like Neil Young, they're like, yo, Neil Young doesn't have the rights to do whatever, whatever. He signed, he signed a, a publishing deal where they own half of his catalog or something like that. Publishing and having the rights to your music isn't the same thing. You get me? Publishing is the right to collect on certain type of broadcasting or certain type of replaying or certain type of representation of said music. Doesn't mean you get to dictate where the music goes. Usually owning the masters means you have the rights to the recording. And when you have the rights to the recording, you could then make the decision, hey, I'm putting it here, I'm putting it there, I'm not going to put it over there, right? So for the, for, the, for the most part, when people were in fear, like, yo, the, yo, this might be like a snowball effect for Spotify, hey, maybe Drake could do like the Chappelle method and get like public you know, pressure to, 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 to get his record label to pull his catalog off Spotify. But essentially, Drake doesn't have the power to pull his own music off Spotify. Okay, you know, like, again, unless you own your music outright, right? And actually, maybe he does. I don't know. Because, like, if he owns it half, he, he half owns his current catalog, right? Maybe he, he can, right? But for the majority of artists who don't own their masters, and just to put this out there, the majority of rappers don't own their catalog. They don't own none of it. The masters are completely owned by the label. That's the reason why the label signed you. So the majority of Atlantic roster, the majority of Republic roster, Capitol Records, Interscope, Epic, those labels own the masters of the artists that they have. Now, of course, at a certain point when it comes to re-upping, doing all that type of stuff, you're allowed to get your masters back. But most of these motherfuckers, they don't choose that. You know what they choose? They choose to get the bag. So again, when I hear artists and people kind of being in fear, like, yo, these artists might take their music off. They don't own it. You know, all these music and record labels, they're in bed with all the streaming services, whether it's Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, because they all make money together. Let me get back to Kanye. This is why Kanye is genius. Kanye West allegedly turned down a $100 million deal with Apple to apparently with some type of streaming deal. It might have been an exclusive. I don't know. But it was a streaming deal that also included airing the event Donda 2, the premiere on 222. Think about it. He turned down $100 million from a streaming service. He allegedly controls his entire 
masters for the upcoming project so he could put it anywhere. And by the way, he, just like other people, signed a publishing deal where his publishing, at least for his past albums, they're controlled by um, some other company, but he has the entire rights. So he says, I'm not putting on nowhere else but this thing called a stem. Now, I never played with the stem thing. I don't know what it's, what it's really for. It, it seems like it's a way to get people to kind of um, virtual DJ the music. So you get the chance to virtual DJ whatever songs you are listening to. So like if you're listening to a song, you want to cut a verse out, you want to add an instrument, you want to take out like a piano, you could all do it with the STEM app. Now, the ramifications for this are huge. And as much as artists complain about their labels, you have to wonder why they never ever tell you when they're out of their contract. When they're out of their contract, they usually do the phony shit of saying, hey, who's going to pay me this absorbent amount to put me back in another contract. And that's my whole point with like, you know, owning your content. You know, I've seen, you know, even India Irie, she made a whole stink about what Joe Rogan, you know, allegedly got from Spotify. But at no point did she at least acknowledge that unlike most music artists, Joe Rogan owned his show. He was allowed to license his show since he owned it. Y'all don't own y'all music. The label own y'all music. And then sometimes y'all have zero say. Y'all just get a, a slight royalty rate. So you're complaining. You should be complaining to your label, not to Spotify. Spotify is not saying what they're going to pay artists. All this is based on agreements. They pay what they pay what a stream comes out to. They pay it to the label. They pay it via the royalty agreements or whatever. They paid some publishing royalties. They pay this. They pay that. If you were independent, you could get all the money. Or if you were in the position of a Kanye where you are free to do it with your music as you may, you could probably walk into one of these streaming services and say, hey, give me five million bucks for my music. They'll give it to you. If you're big enough, like Kanye, give me a hundred million. And if you were, if you want to go in really long term, they might throw you hundreds of millions. The point is most of these niggas don't like their own shit. And um, that was just the interesting part of what I'm watching Kanye do because I think he has a chance to change the status quo. I've seen many artists flirt with the line of, yo, I'm about to be a free agent, but they all re-up because they are scared of leaving the plantation. The person who I think is about to leave the plantation next, ironically, I think NBA Youngboy is going to do it. I think NBA Youngboy, who has told me on um, when we did our little conversation on Clubhouse, he said, man, I'm out of there. I think Youngboy's out of there. Youngboy, if you ask me, is going to be the bravest artist since Kanye because the rest of these dudes, they're all just reading up and just staying and complaining about their label when they're not hot no more. Youngboy is still hot, still relevant. Everybody wants him. I heard a couple dollar amounts that he was offered that he turned down that I guarantee that the majority of artists would, would say yes to in a millisecond. Tens of millions of dollars. Let's just say, let's just say that. How many tens? You, you figure it out. But they want him to stay. Atlantic wants him to stay. There's a bin war for him. Other people are throwing out money left and right. Young boy, come here. Young boy, come here. You know what he's saying? Man, I'm good. 
You know why? You know why he's upset? Because he's gotten played by the labels. NBA Youngboy dropped 22 albums. 22 albums in four years. And he's only credited with less than five of those. What's the difference between an album and a mixtape? They're all original music. Is it based on what you want to put money behind? What you want to promote? And that's where we get the whole problem. So, again, we're seeing a bunch of artists who basically have always taken the check. We're seeing Kanye turn the check down. I think that's so powerful. I think that's why when you watch that documentary, and, you know, even when I watch, you know, his part on, like, the Fate of Black documentary, I love documentaries that kind of showcase, like, you know, a different time or showcase the making of or whatever the case is. I hope to make one eventually. You literally see Kanye kind of almost will all this into existence, but his character has never changed. A lot of people have thought that Kanye lost his way, Kanye did this, Kanye whatever. A lot of people have imposed their own personal beliefs on Kanye, so when Kanye doesn't seem to be fighting for something that you want, you feel that he's changed. No, Kanye's been Kanye. And I do think what he's doing is completely powerful. Now, I do want to kind of also pivot and get back to even the Joe Rogan thing. Man, these days, and, you know, um, this episode will be uh, titled The Information Behind Misinformation. Now, what's misinformation these days? Misinformation is, is purposely misleading people when you have a platform and, and that misinformation becomes dangerous when people are going to act on said misinformation. You get me? For example, if you have the biggest platform in the world and you tell people like, oh, I don't know, if you're like, um, Ari and Moneybag, yo, they got engaged secretly. Say they didn't. Who the fuck cares? Who cares? You know what I mean? It's kind of harmless. Now, when you speak on a few things, I've noticed, and I'm usually the one who calls out the cynicist. I'm like, yo, you niggas is paranoid. Look at you, you tinfoil hat wearing motherfucker. You think that everybody's out to get you. I'm like, nigga, big brother ain't listening to you, nigga. Nobody cares about what you got going on. I'm becoming a little bit less <laughs> of that person. Why? Because I'm seeing it happen, and I've seen it happen to me. And, and now I'm not you know, I'm talking about people listening to my calls. But... I listen to a lot of like podcasts or shows where people are like, yo, man, they're out to get me or, yo, they're trying to silence me. And I'm like, nigga, ain't nobody trying to silence you, nigga. And I never thought it was possible to happen to me. Now, let me break this down. So Joe Rogan has turned into enemy number one. We, like Trump is off the grid. They deleted him off from all social media. And I think that was a big move when they did that. They pointed out to Donald Trump even while maybe the last like quarter of when he was a, a, a sitting president, that maybe even more than the government, social media platforms are way more important. And when I mean way more important, way more powerful. Because at any point, because it, it, they could amplify or they could just wipe your presence off the map. Now, Keep in mind, these days people get their information and it's usually, well, historically it's been through the press. 
Fuck the press. Who listens to CNN? Who listens to Fox News? Everybody just goes on social media. Now, something changed around three to four years ago when people realized that social media was the key to win elections, control thought, push ideologies in palatable, more acceptable ways. And ever since then, I'm going to be honest, like, I've noticed social media start to tighten up and bunker down on who they allow to spread information. I think it's super political. I don't really want to get into that. But I do want to say, and, and, and as it relates to Joe Rogan, I think the government, number one, have noticed this. And I think they're fucking worried. The government is worried that the number one place that people are getting influenced by or hearing information from is a guy that has a podcast that watches MMA that's on Spotify. And I believe the whole mess that happened where, you know, the whole do- a bunch of doctors wrote letters uh, talking about him saying, yo, he's bad for whatever, bad for this, is literally because they fear the platform he got. Now, let me catch y'all up. Because y'all probably still saying, what the fuck are you talking about? I recently got caught up in some shit. If you go to my main Instagram right now, I'll show it on the screen. How do I do this? Go here. Cool. Just go to my main Instagram. I have 4.7 million followers. Y'all can see it clear as day right there, right? Normally, and if I scroll all the way down, about two to three months ago, on average, my post would be getting like 70,000 likes, 80,000. You get me? And again, it's all a proportion of, you know, how many of your followers see it and how many of like, you know, the algorithm, how many, how many followers that don't follow you, right? Or how many people on the, uh, on the app that don't follow you sees it and they, they might like it, you know, whatever you post, right? Magically, my account, look at it now. Let me see if y'all can see it. Look, post about Uzi. X, Yachty, Juice World. You got the comments because people went to it and started arguing. 5,000 likes. Okay, this, this one, well, 15,000 is still way under. But look, don't get 100,000 views, 230 comments. You basically realize, look, 3,000, 7,000. The point is this. Instagram hit a button on my page recently. I've never seen this shit done ever before. And what they did was. It's like a funnel. And I started to think about this. I'm like, what the fuck is clout? If clout is really. A byproduct of what the social media apps allow you to see or allow you to have. Let me explain. If you get, if you go live on it, uh, on YouTube and you get 100,000 people watching you, are you quote unquote clouded or 
are the social or is the social media platform you're going live on allowing you to get that? The main point is this. Just like I went from, oh, 100,000 likes constantly to 4,000. These platforms could just close the goddamn, uh, um, uh, they could just close the funnel and you go from 100,000 live viewers to 1,000. I saw the best example of this ever. And I probably shouldn't say this. The Illuminati is going to be very mad that I'm disclosing the secret. When I first got on TikTok, I seen the most un unbelievable shit I've ever seen. I went into the meeting with TikTok. Um, they wanted to get more hip-hop people on the app. They said, yo, act. Come in here, let's talk. Now, they had a great conversation with me because they had conversations prior, prior to, with rappers, except every rapper who talked to them literally said to them, hey, if we're coming on your app, we want to get paid. They told me notoriously, Blueface, who was very vile at the time, Blueface asked them for money. It's like, yeah, if I'm going to get on TikTok, I need money. Now, this is before TikTok is TikTok. But, but it was starting to make, like, maybe, like, there was maybe, like, I think one time we had seen, like, some random song. We're like, where did, where did this come from? People are like, oh, no, it's from TikTok. Like, this is before Corvette, Corvette. This is before most of these dances. Way back. So... The artists were asking them for money. Now, they didn't have a budget to pay artists to come on their app. So they were trying to bring people in. They brought me in. And, you know, I wasn't even thinking about asking for money. I was just thinking, so, well, how could this help me as a brand who's already established on other platforms? They said the craziest thing to me. They said, listen, first of all, we're sitting in this meeting. Well, I said, well, um, I have academics on all platforms. I would like my, my handle to match. There was someone who had the name academics, right? Like literally in the meeting, they took it. I, I mean, like literally, like in front of my face. It was like, oh, this person has it, delete. All right, bet this is your new handle. It'll be verified by the morning. I'm like, what the fuck? Okay, cool. Now, I'm, this is the TikTok headquarters. I couldn't make this up. Now, right after that, they told me, and, and this is when I realized this is really all what social media is. They said, Hey, post anything. Just try to post maybe once a day. And we're going to hit a lever. This is how they described it. We're going to hit a lever. And in the next couple of days, your account's going to be on fire. I kid y'all not. The next day, and actually for the next 10 to 15 days, I gained 50,000, 50,000, 50,000, 80,000, 70,000, 40,000. I was gaining an infinite amount of followers. It felt like I had the hottest account on earth. And I ain't gonna lie, my stupid ass mentioned it lightly <laughs> on like Twitter or some shit, and they shut that shit off. I should have kept my mouth closed. They're probably gonna, they're probably, they might delete my shit after this. I mean, but here's the thing though, and, and this is the point I'm trying to say. These social media platforms completely under, understand what they got going on for them. And really, what you think is cloud is not cloud, it's all allowed by. The platform, the man. And I sound kind of like a cynicist, the same people who I used to dislike, but it's all true. So when I tell you that they fucking quote unquote hit a lever and my account was getting like wild amount of followers daily, it's the same way how Instagram hit a button and I wasn't getting anything in terms of likes, this and third. Now, 
Let me go further with the Instagram thing. You're probably saying, maybe it's just luck with Instagram. No. I don't think, I don't know if I could reproduce it. I probably have a screenshot of it. But what happened to my account was that I posted something about the Biden administration slash crack pipes. There's a story that came out. Fox and a few people put it up saying the Biden administration would be handing out crack pipes. Now, here's the thing. Uh, apparently, you know, it's, it's a little bit more nuanced than that. It wasn't necessarily crack pipes, even though some outlets assumed it was crack pipes. We still don't even know what it is. So it might be crack pipes. Anyway, it, it was like they were going to be hand, handing out paraphernalia to make uh, um, um, for addicts who are taking drugs to make it more safer. So people were thinking, well, if you're handing out drug paraphernalia, you're probably handing out needles, right? And you're probably handing out motherfucking crack pipes because people smoke crack still. They ran that as a clickbaity headline, which is kind of kind of true, but it's it, it was never specified that it was going to be crack pipes. I reposted that because I seen it on CNN. No, not CNN. I seen it on Fox News and a couple of outlets. Instagram flagged that post on my page. It went viral. I had 10,000 comments. They flagged it. I'm like, hmm? They flagged it, and they sent it to a fact checker. Now, keep in mind with all this fact-checking bullshit, keep in mind, if I say, remember what I said, if I say Ari and Moneybag Yo is in a relationship, they don't care, right? Or no, not in a relationship, they got married secretly. They don't care, right? It's gossip, who cares, right? But there's certain topics that these platforms are realizing is so, they're so sensitive because those platforms are so powerful if you're going to talk politics on Instagram, you better be of a certain political affiliation or you better be certain type of safe. Because again, number one, the government has, uh, um, the government has certain type of, um, they're invested in the fact that people won't challenge certain shit. Like for example, if I post about, I don't know, the vaccines and maybe saying, oh, they're not safe. Because of, I don't know, let's say I find some weird ass study, right? The mere fact that I did that, these social media platforms, they got to put like a sticker by it. They got to do all this type of shit. So anyway, I posted that story. They flagged it. A fact checker came back and said, well, this ain't all the way true. Ever since then, when people try to follow me on Instagram, and keep in mind, I'm not a media organization. I'm not like Breitbart. I'm not motherfucking... The Daily Wire. I'm none of these people, but they would literally put a um, sticker on my account to say, this account has posted false information. So for you to follow me, you have to like click three times, like click, 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 acknowledge that, blah, blah, blah. And then they severely uh, reduce my reach. So it's just one of those things where I started realizing, I'm like, man, as much as we think, Social media isn't controlling the world. Like, it taught me a lesson. I'm going to stay the fuck out of political things in terms of posting it. At least on my music page. Makes no sense I talk about the vaccine. Trump. Biden. International affairs. Just stick to being funny and talk about gossip and beef. And I thought that was rather sad. But it's the reality of what it is 
and that's really the information behind misinformation. Like the whole thing about misinformation these days is controlling what you say and make sure you don't question what is accepted. So again, when you hear people saying misinformation, this and third, a lot of times they're just trying to censor. So again, I watch what happened to Rogan and Rogan's is, is interviewing a bunch of people who they're going to have opinions, maybe varying from what the government wants you to hear. They're going to be questioning things that the government wants you to accept. And that's going to cause a problem. So I'm there with it. Okay. And, um, I don't know, like, you know, I don't know what the solution is. I'm, I'm not here to fight the man or nothing like that. I'm just very cognizant of what's going on anyway. Um, I also do want to, um, what was I trying to get into? I had a few things I wanted you guys to see. Is it this or where is it? Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the Super Bowl. Yo, I was so surprised. Uh, and, and by the way, you know, linear TV is dying. They said that it was about like two and a half million to three million dollars for a 30 second ad during the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl gained 114, no, 112. Let me get the number right. Let me get the number right. It's the Super Bowl had 112 million views, which is like almost second best since um, 2015 when the, the Patriots played the Seahawks. Now, I got to be honest with y'all, man. Y'all remember a few years ago when people were like, yo, boycott the NFL? Did, did anyone ever announce that shit was done? Or maybe Jay-Z getting a position there meant it was finished? Because I, th I think that was the biggest fail out of anything. I don't think whatever Colin Kaepernick, his original purpose was with kneeling, was never fully addressed. I think we literally just basically said, niggas, just play, play football and just keep the other shit the fuck on out of here. And what people thought was going to be a crippling effect because everybody was, quote, unquote, supposed to stay on code and ignore and not, you know, not, um, not support the NFL, that shit ain't work. That shit ain't work at all. So 112 million people. And the viewers were spread across NBC, Telemundo, Peacock. What the fuck is Peacock? NBC Sports Digital and other digital NFL platforms and Yahoo Sports mobile properties. Jesus Christ. When you think about how much people 112 million is, the best way I could quantify it is just even looking at the... Um, the albums that recharted because of it. So if you didn't watch a halftime show, you had Snoop Dogg, you had um, Eminem, you had um, Dr. Dre, 50 Cent, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar. They had a beautiful halftime show. And when you look at it, the week after, Dr. Dre's 2001 album sold 30,000 this week, and it went back in the top 10 on the Billboard Top 200 album chart. After he appeared on the Super Bowl halftime show. The album was released 23 years ago. Eminem's Curtain Call sold 31,000. Was also back in the top 10. 
Mary J. Blige, who dropped an album last week um, called Good Good Morning Gorgeous, sells 26K, and I think pretty much her only promo was being on the Super Bowl. Tupac's greatest hits, he was, obviously he didn't perform, you know, he passed away. But even his greatest hits sold 19,000 just because they performed one song, which is a California Love. I think that's fucking ridiculous. That's crazy. And I think that's why, you know, attention sells. Um, whatever plight people or, or whatever fight people thought they had with the Super Bowl when they were thinking that, oh, we're going to boycott for Kaepernick. I wonder what Kaepernick thinks. I wonder what Kaepernick thinks. We never really hear him speak, but I wonder what he thinks about this. Nobody talks about him no more. Eminem took a knee, but the, the, the knee was more of, oh, Roger Goodell said, don't take a knee, and you took a knee. The knee wasn't like, okay, let's bring up the conversation of um, um, police brutality and, you know, racism again. It was, no, it was just like, yo, this was a dope-ass hip-hop show that, hip-hop hip -hop halftime show that brought back a lot of nostalgia, made everybody feel good. What's the problem? That was the most interesting part of it all. Lost it all that. Nobody cared about nothing that they cared about a couple years ago. And I think that was kind of, you know, it's a little bit sad. Yo, there's this viral clip. And only New York, man. Only New York. The artist I was playing at the beginning, his name is K Flock. There's this viral clip of um, him or his music playing in the club. And let me see if I can get it here. Oh. Uh, here we go. Yes, this is a New York strip club. Everybody's getting sturdy, people. I ain't gonna lie to you. This is exactly why strip clubs close. They're not serving no fucking drinks. They're getting sturdy. The fuck out of here. They're bunny hopping. The BBLs is doing the Macarena. Like, get the fuck out of here with this shit. What the fuck is this? The funny part about it, this is how, this is how New York this video is. These, like, this chick right here is jumping around like a fucking kangaroo. There's no ass shaking. Everybody's just kicking out their feet and twirling and doing all this type of shit. And niggas are still throwing money. <laughs> There's no even expectations. <laughs> all right, cool. Look, money still being thrown. I'm trying to figure out what club this is to make sure I never go. Well, really, I don't really go to the club to throw money. You know, I, I, I forgot who said it. Floyd Mayweather one time said, People don't know money. I like going to local strip clubs because if I bring $2,000, which by the way, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. If I throw $2,000 in, in, a, in a local strip club, that shit look like $15,000. But still, if I go in a club where these chicks are doing this, I can't do it, man. I can't do it. I can't do it. Anyway, um, 
I definitely want to say rest in peace to Pop Smoke, man. We figured out that Pop Smoke, um, it's been two years, man. Yo, by the way, his album is still a top 10 album, top 10 selling album. His uh, The last album he dropped, which was a posthumous album, of course, but Pop Smoke died two years ago. It's one of the spookiest hip-hop murders that we've ever heard about. Um, Mike D, who was like, you know, his right-hand man, reached out to me. We haven't had that conversation yet. Somebody just called me. I wonder if it was him. And he said he wanted to chop it up. You get me? Um... He said he wanted to chop it up, right? And, um, <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, he said he wanted to chop it up. It's just been so much spookiness around us. Like, there's a girl who's talking about, like, allegedly what she claims happened. And she's trying to pin the death of Pop Smoke on, like, one of his friends, which I just think is, like, kind of sad. <laughs> By the sturdiness, Jesus Christ, click out of this bitch. Anyway, we still this we st with the expert. I feel like we know what happened. He had fifty thousand in Louis Louis V backpack or whatever. They pulled up on him. They wanted him to give it up. He wouldn't give it up. He started to fight them, and one guy just shot him. With pop smoke. We don't even know what they stole. We don't even know what they took. And for me, I've just always thought that, like, he had to be fighting back. He had to be. My nigga had to be fighting back. I, I, there's no other way for me to think about it. Like, he had to be fighting back because it, I don't think it's an execution. You don't break into a nigga's crib to execute one guy when other people saw you. You would kill everybody in the house. That's what I was thinking. But we haven't heard much details on it. Everybody surrounding the situation has been pretty quiet uh, about it. And I know sometimes people are like, well, nobody's going to talk about it. You got to leave it in the streets. Well, the, the niggas who, got, who, who allegedly did it, they're locked up. Now, there was allegedly a girl who set the whole thing up. I don't know who that is or where she's at. We've heard a little about her. But this is one of the spookiest hip-hop murders we've ever seen. I know there's surveillance tape. We heard he was in the shower. They went directly to the shower. There's a girl who now, and you know, and, and I always take what people who are grieving say with a grain of salt. Man, death is one of those things that always leaves people with a lot of unanswered questions. And when people are grieving and trying to, like, make sense of something that is just kind of irrational, they're going to start pointing fingers or start thinking that sometimes it's just bigger than what it is. Somebody got the drop on him. I, I still to this day don't think it's because of what he posted on Instagram. I think they kind of, they, they said that in court documents, but I don't think that's what it is. From what I'm hearing, they had a party there the night before, no, no, or the same night, and they invited allegedly strippers. And then, yeah, the strippers and them left. But hours later, dudes came in. It, to me, it just makes sense that one of them people that were there motherfucking made the call. That's the, that's the only thing I'm thinking about. Let me know if I'm thinking incorrectly. Let me know if I'm thinking incorrectly about this. I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, 
<sighs> if you ever wondered why some people say rappers, some, if you ever wonder why people come up with these conspiracy theories, like yo. All these rappers died, but they're on, on Empire and the Masters and this that, and third is because it feels like dead rappers really do get better promotion. Um, look at this story right here, which is literally I'm bringing it up on screen. XXXTentacion now has the number one streamed album, hip hop album in Spotify's history, surpassing Drake Scorpion. And this is his question mark album. X is been dead for about four years people still go back and stream his work he's an amazing artist you look on Spotify I could go I, I could look right now XXX Tentacion he has 30 million monthly listeners 30 million 30 million. He's the 73rd most popular or listened to artist in the world. And he's been dead four years. What are we supposed to make of that? It's also unfortunate the artist I played at the beginning, K Flock, he's been locked up, he's never been more popular. His songs are getting played all over the place. His Spotify monthly listens are going up. You know why? Because unfortunately people are drawn to and and they pay attention to to, to someone who you know isn't here anymore. And whether they're in in jail or they're dead, for whatever reason, people give more attention to those artists. I think that's rather sad. Um... I don't even want to get into some of this, like, you know, real world shit, but uh, the Tinder, Tinder swindler, this and third. I've been trying to figure out what the fuck Netflix got going on. I, I think they've been trying to, like, figure out what's what's their next thing. The Tinder swindler thing just was, to me, stupid. You know what I mean? I, I, I believe that there's scammers all over the world. I think if this guy didn't fit the look and he didn't do it to... Um, Caucasian woman I don't even think This would be a story I know a bunch of dudes Who literally They take advantage Of either dumb women Women who are Looking for love Women who are Who ain't computer savvy And maybe finessing Mad people They don't get no goddamn Netflix movie Really the only thing That's interesting me Right now to watch And I just started it So please don't Spoil this shit for me Is motherfucking What's that shit called Um BMF I just started BMF I'm not watching no euphoria No bitch shit I'm not watching that shit like that man Now come on now Like somebody described What the fuck going on with euphoria I was like Oh come on I'm not watching that shit man Oh my god This is, So you have a crackhead Who's like fucking this other person This other person's like Trisexual and this That was the third And blah 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 I'm like what Wait wait what 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 I'm like wait like, And they're like And, and, and here get, get the kicker They're all in high school I'm like come on man Like this shit just seemed, seemed like bullshit You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to watch no shit like that. But actually, it might be just off preference because the stuff I like to watch isn't teenage love stories. I like watching shit about, I don't know, maybe I, you know, if I wasn't so scared of jail and so pussy, 
to be in shootouts, I would definitely be a drug dealer. So I always watch shit about that. <laughs> I love watching like, you know, a Breaking Bad. I love watching like a SWAT movie. I like BMF. I like The Wire. But some shit like Euphoria? Come on, man. Fuck no. <laughs> I don't watch that shit. And that's not even like my cup of tea, man. I'm sorry to tell y'all. Okay? Um, what else going on? Did I miss anything? Neo calling women bitches. Or saying that if, if, if y'all want men to stop. Stop dancing to the records. Neo has a you know, he has a philosophy that I used to agree with. I, I just don't know now if 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 this is true. Let me let me let y'all hear this. Which I don't understand. I and I and mind you, I can only blame us men halfway for that because as a woman, if a man sings the word bitch to you and you smile at him, he's probably gonna do it again and again and again and again and again. And the more misogynistic the lyrics get, the more y'all accept it, the more that's gonna happen. That's just kind of what that is. So, ladies, I love y'all to death, but if y'all want men to stop calling you bitches, stop dancing to them records. Um, I mean, I agree with with uh, Neo, but I, I think Neo, does, Neo doesn't realize what music is overall. Like, music is, a lot of people don't take this shit literal. You know, it, it's like, let, let me equate what he's saying to, well, if y'all would like there to be less killing, l let people stop rapping about um, music about killing. You know what I mean? I don't agree with what he's saying here because the hypocrisy that comes with music is just too much. You know, we love music about killing. Nobody wants to be, nobody wants to celebrate actual death. But we love music that is basically saying you'll kill somebody. We love music that's pushing drug culture, but if somebody overdoses, which is part of drug culture, we're fucking balling like bitches. You get me? We're pretty much, we love music that's like, yo, bitches ain't shit. That got misogynistic lyrics. You get me? But then you basically want to say respect women outside of it. You know, again, it's, it's, it's obviously... Like music, a part of music is kind of entertainment, but also it's sometimes it brings us into that fantasy world. And I don't think you could use music as literal as Neo would like us to use it because nobody would like it. You know what I mean? I'm sorry to say, like nobody wants to hear respectful music. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? People love music about killing, crime, disrespect. Unfortunately, that's hip hop culture. And when you try to like police the art, in terms of, oh, don't make it too disrespectful. It doesn't become authentic. You know what I mean? Make it authentic. That's what art should be. People will gravitate towards whatever they want to gravitate towards. And if they gravitate towards records that have violent nature, sexual nature, or they're called out of their name, is because, hey, that's, that's obviously something they must not mind or they understand it within the context of a song. So I think Neil kind of tweaking on that. But... I think overall he is right. You know what I mean? Didn't Drake have the line that says, I hate calling the women bitches, but the bitches love it. Like that was a profound line because it's true. You know, he was saying that I really don't want to call him that, but like, the, like some of the bitches do love being called bitches. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say, man. So it is what it is, man. Uh, what else am I missing? I think future worst day was my, 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 my last song of the week. 
Yeah, you know what? We're going to end here. We're going to end here. It's a shorter episode, but we got a banging week coming up. Um, I have a few more episodes to drop. Um, I'm trying to make sure I turn these out very frequently. It might even get to a point where I'm doing these like once a day, at least like 45 to 50 minutes. You know, might even increase it to like an hour, hour and a half. Again, when we have our guest episodes, those are usually longer. I just would like to chop it up with you. Make sure you guys are hearing my voice constantly. Make sure you guys are tuned in. We have another episode coming tomorrow for sure. So, again, the whole point of this off the record whole thing we got with Spotify is to make sure that you guys are being able to hear what I got going on multiple times a week. Okay? You know, we're trying to stick to the Monday, Wednesday, Friday thing. But schedule changes happen. Like, yo, I'm telling you, man, chasing down these rappers, it, it gives me the same feeling that I had when I started doing YouTube and I just started doing news stories. Because I used to chase people down, people wasting my time, this, that, and third. And, of course, people have way more respect for me now, so it's not every rapper, but sometimes a hit or miss. You know, sometimes we go out to places and shit don't get done. You know what I mean? And what am I going to do? You know what I mean? So... At the end of the day, I'm still trying to figure shit out, but um, for the most part, I want to make sure I give you y'all three episodes a week, all right? So until next time, um, remember my song of the week. We'll do some more segmented stuff next week. I'll add some more stuff into the background. I got new segment cards and all that type of stuff I add in. I want to hear your general feedback on this on this studio right here. You know, this is my, this is my uh, bar studio. So I want to hear some feedback on that. You guys let me know. Also, what do you think about this being self-produced? Should I just fucking say, no, don't ever do this again? Or do you like the fact that I could kind of interact with this whole thing? I got the mouse right here. I'm chilling. You know, you guys let me know. All right. You guys let me know. Um, Again, I wish I could say get in the comment box, but there is no comment box. So until next time, which is tomorrow, I will see you guys. It's been off the record. Episode 61. Peace out.